When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Final hour, Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow underway. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Charlie Arnold in studio for Chad today and tomorrow. Been a blast. Thank you it for has, doing it's this. It's flying. Absolutely. we got Riley Gaines coming in in 20 minutes. Uh, the spokeswoman for the Independent Women's Forum. And the last time she was in studio, she left and went to San Francisco State University and was assaulted. So I mean, it's been crazy. But since then, many across the country in media and sports have stepped up and has been not, maybe not as vocal, but they've retweeted and championed her cause, which is an obvious and no-brainer one Absolutely. of biological women competing against we biological women. We need more women. of them to start standing up, though. No doubt. And I think we are. And we'll, we'll ask her about that. That's coming yeah. up in 20 minutes here in studio. In studio with us now as we kick off the third hour, Clay Travis, the founder, the the... The boss. The head honcho, if you will. I don't know if all that's true. Uh, I'm trying to make sure that I can share here. Is somebody tweeted that I'm going to be in? Is somebody in charge of that so that I can share it, that I'm here now? It'll, it'll be me, and I'll do it right now, Clay. All right. I'm concerned, um, <laughs> I'm concerned that, first of all, Charlie, welcome to Nashville. Thank you. Uh, we awesome. are We are excited to have you at OutKick. You've been killing it on Fox News every time you're on. I see the clips, and I hear from the bookers, and they're like, Oh, my God, I love this girl. I told you, I texted you. I was like, just so you know, when you start getting blown up by random people at Fox News that you don't know, I'm sure that's happened to you from like phone numbers that you're not expecting and that you don't recognize. Um, They get super excited when we bring in new talent. And uh, Tommy obviously has been killing it on Mm -hmm. Fox News. They're super excited about you. I know we're going to have more and more fun announcements coming, but I'm excited for when your morning show will eventually debut. But welcome to Nashville. Hutton and I are both natives, which is rare uh, at this day and age. It's like yeah. uh, if yeah. you – I'm 44, just turned 44. Look like I'm 64, but I'm only 44. 35. And, uh, and I, uh, <laughs> I, I am amazed at what this city's become. So I think you'll have a good time running around and uh, obviously uh, proud of the footprint that OutKick has here. But I think we've got footprints all over the country and more and more of those coming. And by the way, if you're wondering – Nashville is pure bedlam right now because we are in the middle of three straight days of Taylor Swift concerts. And I was actually looking this up because I was wondering whether or not I like Taylor Swift. I bought tickets one of the last times Taylor Swift had a concert for my wife and myself down front. I was like on the second or third row. Uh, and there were a lot of screaming teenage girls around me, and I'm not sure my earbuds have even recovered. But I'm a super fan of what she has done and of her talent. $900 is the cheapest ticket to sit in the absolute top row of the upper deck in the Titan Stadium. And that's behind the stage. I I just... Yeah, what do you see from there? Nothing. I mean, I would... I would stay at home and listen to it I would be excited to go. Yeah, but it's crazy. So it's bedlam So you are going. You are going this time around? No. I would be excited to go. 
Uh, we've got a busy weekend. I'm going to spend all my time basically at Little League baseball parks, um, which is uh, <laughs> like 90% of my social activity. In fact, one of the last times I sat in this chair it was because I got kicked out of a Little League baseball game for disputing an awful call. We had the umpire in here. Uh, but that's where I spend like 90% of my time. I've, we've spent how much time discussing Alabama play over the last yeah. six months? I mean, it has been, I mean, a banner year for the athletic pro. I opened the show by saying, at some, uh, Greg Byrne, who I find to be a nice guy, a athletic director at Alabama, he puts out the Byrne notice. It's his monthly recap of everything in an email chain. And whenever we went to Tuscaloosa last, I bought the tickets through my account, so now I get spammed. With oh, the, you get emails from Greg Byrne. I do, yeah. I do. Uh, and I'm thinking, a Byrne notice, I mean, at some point, Greg Byrne's got to be on notice with just perception being reality that i mean if, if the ncaa is going to hand down suspensions or uh, have uh, bowl bans or have a, a coach who can't get a job for failure to run a program at some point don't we have to look up top at the program with the latest being that they fire their baseball coach due to what's going on with the the sports gambling sports gaming and the fact that ohio the state of ohio took down any aspect of the ability to bet on Bama baseball based on a regularity of, of someone going all in on LSU based on a tip. That at least that's the report. Yeah, I, first of all, this is why legalized sports gambling is actually good because they recognize when they have abnormal wager patterns that occur and it allows them to know if the game's not on the up and up. But secondly, I, look, I understand that he is now being uh, fired, I think, based the, the on this. Coach, yep. But if I had to choose inside of an athletic department, somebody makes a wager on a game based on something that one of my coaches said or one of my players murder someone, mm -hmm. to me, those are not similar actions. And it's interesting to me that Alabama was so aggressive as it pertains to an allegation of impropriety associated with gambling as opposed to an actual death of an innocent mom and the way they responded to both of those incidents. To me, uh, the Alabama basketball incident is far worse than anything associated with Alabama baseball. No doubt. But do you think, no though, doubt. the reason they responded so quickly and harshly to this, though, is because maybe, in hindsight, they feel like they should have treated the other incident yeah, that's one of those great one of those great things they used to say. Like the NCAA was so mad at you know Kentucky that they decided to to give the death penalty a slippery rock, right? Like the Alabama baseball program is a pinprick as important as the Alabama basketball program, and frankly, the Alabama basketball program is a pinprick mm -hmm. as important as the Alabama football program. So I think what it represents in some ways, Charlie, it's a good question, and I think it's an interesting one, but it's about the sliding scale of importance inside of the university. It's easier to bring the hammer down on a baseball coach that, frankly, doesn't most people matter. don't know and doesn't impact the overall success or failure than it is a team that they thought had one of the best basketball players in Brandon Miller and has. I think Nate Oates has done a very good job as a coach. Um, you know, it's always I used to make this joke. How many murders could Nick Saban be accused of before he would be fired at the University of Alabama personally accused of? I think it's more than one. <laughs> I think I think it would have to be like a multi-murder allegation because I think a lot of people would say, hey, you know, coach is not the kind of guy who would kill somebody. Be like, I don't know. He's on video in his Mercedes getting out with a gun. It looks like he's the shot. No one would ever have to – no one would have ever had in the history of Alabama 
a more uh, a, a more uh, uh, expansive definition of beyond a reasonable doubt than uh, Nick Saban accused of murder. I remember I had fun back in the day. We did a uh, a, a pilot that never aired on uh, on the uh, on FS1's network. And it was just like me doing kind of fun things. Like I went to West Virginia and bought a couch to burn. And, uh, and you know, like I went into all the furniture stores to try to get the best deal and like talk to all the furniture salesmen. And we were recording their reactions when I was like, yeah, I just think you guys are going to beat Kansas State. I want to make sure that we've got a great couch here ready to burn. And, uh, and I went outside of a Walmart in Tuscaloosa. And I, uh, I just interviewed people in Alabama gear going into the Walmart. And I said, boy, Big news, have you heard? And they were like, no, what's the news? I said, Nick Saban says he's leaving the state if gay marriage doesn't become law in Alabama. <laughs> and all these Alabama no. fans, oh yeah, it was amazing. I don't know what happened to the footage. But my, my thesis on it was people in Alabama care so much more about winning football games that they'll immediately abandon any other uh, perspective that they have. In other words, gay marriage, they might say, this was like, 2012 it was before uh, the Oberfell uh, decision came out but it was it, it was uh, like 2012 2013 something in that neighborhood and all of them were like well I disagree with coach but you know we are winning a lot of games right now maybe we need to look into this gay marriage thing and see whether or not it makes sense and uh, I just thought it was emblematic of the culture of the south in general a place I've born and raised in and love but winning a college football game matters than almost matters more than almost anything in Alabama. Winning basketball matters the second most. Most people can't tell you who the baseball coach is, so the allegations against him become uh, assumed fact, and the allegations against uh, players that are really good at basketball, oh, they get the benefit of the doubt. And Bama's baseball team isn't winning at the rate of... Yeah, I have no idea. What's the, what's the Bama baseball? They're not baseball? good. They're, they're not good. They're not good. Okay. They're, they're, it, it has, um, it's been better under Bo Hannon, who was just fired. But I mean, Lance Taylor, Clay, who we're buddies with, yeah. with the next round live, he's he's saying like, yeah, it's still very underwhelming, and it, it's a very easy move I, based on the news. I always say, and I think this is true in every industry. So long as your talent exceeds your problems, you will always be employed. And it doesn't matter if you're involved in sports. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're selling cars. It doesn't matter if you are, uh, you know, uh, a high school basketball coach. Everything comes down to your talent relative to somebody else when, it, when, when, when the analysis of your behavior occurs. You can get away with a lot if you sell the most cars on, uh, on any car lot. Get away with a lot if you win the most football games or basketball games or baseball games. By the way, uh, an amazing troll job. They're, they're acting like it has nothing to do with the news of last weekend, but Auburn is hosting LSU. Same team that was involved in all this, but not in any way like Bama was involved, right? For the first time ever in the history of the baseball program, they are going to fly it two minutes before the first pitch, which is also kind of like when the late minute announcement came out about the pitching change. They're going to fly the War Eagle 5 or whatever the, the, the Eagle's name is in to deliver something on the field. And by the way, Bohannon came by way of Auburn to Alabama. Oh, wow. Their head coach. I, I think this is a, a rivalries never die troll job. So let me ask this. you guys a question, by the way, because I was talking about how the, uh, crazy the bedlam is with Taylor Swift. Yeah. I also looked up what it would cost to sit, like, basically, you know, front row caliber, right? right? Like, top five, top six rows. And the answer is right now for the Sunday night concert, $5,000 per ticket. Oh. So a couple 
$10,000. You're considering this? No. I, no. no. Uh, <laughs> but is there anything that you would be willing to pay $10,000 to attend in the entertainment universe? Ooh. It's a good and question. And or not even just you, your significant other, your boyfriend or girlfriend. Because right. it's easy to take a free ride, right? If you've got oh, a yeah. super rich person who's paying for you. <laughs> but if you had to be responsible for at least half of that, right? Let's pretend that you're going yeah. Dutch, that you're paying 5000 Somebody else is paying 5000 Is there anything that you would pay ten k to sit down close for? Because I would say I, my answer is yes for the Super Bowl, right? If the Titans ever made the Super Bowl... I would pay $5,000, not only for me, but for every member of my family, my three boys and my wife, the five of us, I would pay twenty-five dollars to go um, to a Titan Super Bowl and have really good seats. Let me, let me, okay. So Nashville's- It's also a function, by the way, sorry to cut you off, of how much money you make, because it's also Absolutely. a little bit unfair, yeah. right? So but I guess- college football fans pay a boatload to go to the championship games, though. You know, not to this level, I don't think. But, I mean, Super Bowl too. Kansas City Chiefs fans, they, I mean, I don't know the, the median income there, but... The average family, let's say, cash. makes 60K, 65K, right? So $5,000 is a monstrous part of your overall yeah, income. Yeah, it's a good number to, to set this I've up. I've never paid right now more than $1,000 to go to any event. And by the way, that's back-to-back shows, right, for Taylor? Three days. Three, three straight shows, which is what we talked about yesterday, Clay. No, no other artist on the planet is doing that. Yeah. The, at the stadium level. Um what about the new dome that's being built by 2027 and the Super Bowl that's coming to town in Nashville? I'll be super... I mean, look. Would you would you buy a suite for that? For the first Super Bowl, regardless of team? Oh, what would a suite cost? I bet a suite would cost a quarter million dollars for that game. So, probably not. You better recruit some, some, <laughs> I, some I, successful I need, friends to go I split some, that cost. I need, to, I need to be the side chick of a super rich guy. Or... or, or, or <laughs> Uh, or girl, uh, if if anybody is in that uh, in that neighborhood, I'm sure I, there's I, a few of them out there. Yeah, do you think that would want to pay me to be their side chick? Um, I don't know, or I, their I, side or their side guy. I don't think I don't I don't think I'm that high on the uh, side chick rankings. But uh, but I would prefer that somebody else be paying for me to be there. But I bet it would cost two fifty um, probably to have a suite for. Uh, any Super Bowl in the next five years would be my guess. I'm told that uh, Riley's uh, Riley Gaines is running a, a tad behind, by, probably because of the Swifties that are. in Oh, town. it's almost impossible to drive so, in this city right now. So I want to I want to get your take on this. Wait, play. I just want to also answer your question oh, no, you and, and because one? I was really racking my brain long oh. and hard just now. Okay. Uh, and I can't say that there's anything I would spend that kind of money on. I was even putting like, what if it was like in a really cool destination, like a cool island in Greece, and I was like able to. I, I just. I just don't see there being any event that I would spend $5,000 a ticket on. I mean, I think most people are in have, that camp. I also have done, here's the other part, is I've done a lot of the really cool things yeah. for free that most people would pay that kind You've of money for. You've been on the sideline for a Super yeah, Bowl. I've like been you- on, I was on the field uh, in Miami for the Super Bowl when J-Lo was performing, which for me, that was a huge bucket bucket list item. So that was cool. That you was know? J-Lo and Shakira. Yeah, yeah J-Lo and yes. Shakira. I was, I, was, I was sitting in a suite this past Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, me too. But, you know, with a friend. So it's like, I've done all the cool things and sat in all the good seats at the cool events. So I know that's kind of bragging. <laughs> I'm coming in uh, really hot right now. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess I wouldn't really spend my own money on these things. But you have to hashtag it humble brag to make it <laughs> yeah, exactly. not, like, uh, not awful, right? That's the thing everybody yeah. does. So uh, Portnoy calls the emergency press conference. Yeah, I and, saw this. And he, he announces to uh, Barstool that Mincy was fired by Penn Entertainment and that 
you know, had it been him and had he not sold out, which he's admitted, like he sold the company. You can relate to this, Clay. Yeah. Uh, that Penn Entertainment has the final say no matter what he says. And I don't know what the restrictions are on a contract that he signed that he's getting paid over, you know, hundreds of millions for. But in regards to what he could have done, he's saying that they did everything possible to keep Mincy's job and that Penn Entertainment said, we can't do it. He can't be a part of this. He was rapping and dropped the, the N-word. And I mean, if you watch the video, you can tell he's white as a ghost. He knows he made a mistake. Well, he's, the, the Ron Burgundy moment, as Portnoy described it, um, described it as very innocent. And Penn Entertainment said he's got to go because of regulations and licenses that we either want or could lose based on government regulation of gambling and, and betting commissions state by state. Do you buy it? And, and what do you make of the overall story from Portnoy's vantage point here? So first of all, from the Penn perspective, I think it's incredibly weak. I think they neutered the entire brand. Um, I, I think it is a pathetic argument. If it's true, if it's legitimately true that you can lose a sports gambling license because one of your employees reads the lyrics to a rap song on a random digital stream, then I think we've got way bigger issues with the choices that are being made in terms of who gets gambling licenses. So that's part one. And they, I don't know they, if it's true. Portnoy went live with it and said that, though. I don't no, know why no, he they, would... they, that, that is the rationale that they've given. What I'm saying right. is, if it's true that Penn was afraid, hey, we won't get licensed in X state because one of our, let's say, I don't know, Barstool has 100, let's say they have 150 employees. One of our 150 employees read online the lyrics to a rap song, then these gambling uh, licensure companies mm -hmm. and entities have way too much power. Okay, that's point one. Point two, I would, I would like to think that if, uh, if one of my employees did something, and it's not my employee, right, because Fox owns OutKick now, uh, that, and, I, and I respect the fact that Dave and others uh, said they went to bat for him, but I, I, I think you have to call out the stupidity of the company, um, and I think it's an awful decision. I think it's such an awful decision that you have to take whatever steps you can to make it impossible to happen because I think the my belief is ultimately people trust the culture of companies. And if you violate their trust in you as a company, then you ultimately are destroying the brand. Bud Light's a good example, right? You, yes. Bud Light, I, I, we're in a bar right now, basically, right? I said on my radio show earlier today, I think if you put a blindfold on most people and you gave them nachos to eat and then you said, hey, I'm going to give you a Coors Light, a Miller Light, and a Bud Light, I think a fraction of people could tell the difference between Coors Light, Bud Light, Miller Light. Ultimately, you're buying the brand. And what did the brand of those beers used to be? Hey, we like football, we like girls, and we like drinking, right? Because that's the base. Real of, men of genius. That's the base, yeah. Like, remember the Coors Light, um, the theme song that was so great, like about sacking quarterbacks and everything else? Basically, it's a party vibe. You drink a beer to try to have a better time than you would have in your life otherwise. They alienated the base, the blue-collar worker, the guy who gets off work, comes home, pops a Bud Light because it's affordable, and sits back and watches a sporting event, and they added no one. And so my concern with a lot of decisions that are being made as it pertains to brands, I think Barstool, I think Bud Light, is you're alienating the people who actually like you and gaining no one. 
and this is a great, this ties in with my quote. I've used this for a long time because Charles Barkley told it to me. I've stolen it. I've applied it. If you worry about the people who don't like you, then the people who do like you won't like you anymore either. And I think there's so much fear about being disliked that ultimately you don't recognize that sometimes being disliked is good for a brand that ultimately if you're going to be loved, love and hate are two sides of the same coin, right? It's ultimately an emotional response. Clay, great to have you in studio, man. Appreciate y'all. Riley Gaines uh, on deck. Great conversation uh, headed our way following up uh, the chat with Clay that's straight ahead on Hot Mic. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Great to have Charlie Arnold in studio with us in for Withrow today and tomorrow. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network rolls on. We hope to subscribe to the Outkick channel on YouTube. Many of you have, and for that we say thank you. Charlie, the show goes on and it continues with Riley Gaines, who joins us in studio at 6th and Peabody. How back exciting. again. Great to have you back. Good to be back. Thank you, guys. A lot has happened since your last visit, right? <laughs> and I think we opened up the last visit by saying that. It, I was going to say it tends to be a trend at this point. Um, we will dive into uh, many of the, the issues in the back and forth with Leah Thomas and Brittany Griner and more. But se- one of the questions I asked you was, are we going to see more women like yourself step up and push this forward where what is a very obvious, at least uh, to me, aspect of Biological women competed against biological women. When will more women step up? Since then, Sage Steele, we've seen uh, Samantha Ponder, uh, Charlie, uh, Megan Kelly, N- Martina Navratilova. Right, right. Uh, what's your takeaway, finally, of seeing all of this across the social media landscape? It's amazing. It's, of course, almost tragic in a sense that it, it takes this much to get people to say something that is and should not be controversial. Um, But it's great news. OutKick actually did a great job breaking a story where um, over 70 athletes signed on to this letter. Um, And these were Olympians. These were world record holders. These are phenomenal athletes. So to have that kind of support, public support, I've had this support privately for a long time now, but to have it publicly, it's huge. And you can only imagine, I mean, courage begets courage. So it's it's growing it's gaining traction and i think it's only the tide will continue turning was it the the night at san francisco state university and the assault that turned that to more public support or was it way before that you know i do think that was a big part in it um which (laughs) this this whole thing it backfired on those protesters this really only um quadrupled my social media following i mean this really only gave me more credibility and it perfectly highlighted how unhinged these people who are in opposition of the views we're speaking can mm. be. So I do think that was a big part in highlighting just how insane it is. I mean, I, I, let me reiterate, I was there at San Francisco University speaking about how 
men, it's unfair. Based off my own personal experience, it's unfair for men to compete against women and change in our locker rooms. That's it. Yet it garnered that response, which was violent. And so I think that highlighted to a lot of people, this is the direction we're going. We're actively declining. Um, So I, I, I do think that was a big part in it. So since I've joined OutKick and I've been able to be more outspoken on this topic, I, like you said, you've had a lot of people reaching out to you, mostly private, uh, about how they're in support of what you're saying. And I have so many women, former colleagues of mine who can't make it public, how they feel, but also a lot of men who say, thank you so much. Totally. I have two daughters. I can't imagine them growing up in an atmosphere where they don't have their own competitive space and in the locker rooms. That's just another whole, you know, sick situation we're dealing with. What is it going to take, though, for enough people to realize that this is just going down such an insane road. I mean, which it already is. We're seeing example after example of it every single day for people to say, okay, enough is enough. And now no matter if I do face the fear of being canceled, I can't be quiet any longer because this is really just getting super tragic. What's it going to take? Sometimes it has to get worse before it gets better. Um, Just this past week, we saw a cyclist who took $35,000 in prize money away from women. Um, I just spoke with a high school volleyball player. She's a senior. She's um, from North Carolina. I'm sure a lot of the the viewers have seen the video. She got spiked in the face by a male where even months later, this happened last September. Even now, she's her vision is impaired. She's partially paralyzed on her right side. She's not playing college sports anymore. She has to have special accommodations at at school for testing because she can't retain information um, due to the severity of her head injury. So it's going to take more of that. It's going to take more girls getting injured. It's going to take more girls losing out on opportunities. It's going to take more girls being forced to give up their consent in areas of undressing, which is, of course, awful. Um, But truthfully, I think it has to get worse before it gets better, unless we have women who are willing to stick up. We have women, and again, this is also unfortunate, but willing to boycott, willing to say, I'm not going to get on the block. I'm not going to start at that starting line. Um, if I know I have to compete against a man. So I think those are the two routes, one of which a lot less girls lose out and a lot less girls are, are injured. And, and now in, in response to that, you have Brittany Griner who's saying it's a crime <laughs> or should be considered a quote-unquote crime to uh, not... Separate f- anyone for any if, reason. If, if, yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you're for, if you're, if you're not against uh, the trans lifestyle and how they, someone wants to live their life or be identified as, they should also be allowed to participate in women's sports if they so choose. And if you don't agree with that, that should be a crime. This blows my mind that someone with this much athletic success, same thing with Megan Rapinoe, same thing with even Billie Jean King. I mean, Billie Jean King, she was a crusader for women's sports. We essentially have her to thank for Title IX. Yet these women, they're actively working to undermine their fight. It's beyond me. It's the same thing that we're seeing in, in both at the state and federal level with politicians. It's always women fighting against sex-based protections. Even Representative Katie Porter, um, she came out and said she disagrees with everything I say, disagrees with me as a person. And when, if, when asked, okay, what do you disagree with? She couldn't actually list anything. Um, but it's women fighting against women. It's beyond me. I don't understand. I, I know women typically tend to be more agreeable. We tend to not want to ruffle feathers or step on toes, but that's how we've gotten here. We've, we've been too agreeable for too long. Um, and I'm quite frankly, I'm sick of asking um, elite, both male and female athletes to use their voice because the silence at this point is deafening. Do you... I know it's beyond you. I think it's beyond all of us to understand why, especially the athletes wouldn't want to stand up for women and what we've 
you know, gone so far to, you know, it's gone through, we've gone through so much to get to the point we're at right now. Um, so I guess my question is, is when you then hear women being called transphobic or anyone who speaks out against this, you know, I've been being called transphobic all week, uh, which can be further from the truth, but it, it loses its meaning. And at totally. this point, I don't, I don't care. Call me what you want, because this is something I believe in. And, and, uh, I know all I'm doing is standing up for women. Do you think that's the reason that these bigger names are afraid to say something? Because otherwise, what is their incentive? I do. I do think it's a, a bit of, um, they don't want to be labeled or, or seen as someone who's not inclusive or not kind, but we have to remind ourselves it's not inclusive to allow men into our places and, and taking away our opportunities, taking our scholarships, our spots on the podium, our spot on the roster. That's not inclusive. It's exclusive. So I think it's just we need to remind people of that. It's not kind or welcoming or accepting or tolerant or, or any of those terms they love to use to ask a girl to undress in front of someone of the opposite sex while he's simultaneously exposing himself. That's not kind. But again, speaking from my own experience, that is something that I had to think about at first. I didn't want to be labeled those things. But now I realize it's almost a term of endearment when someone calls me transphobic or a bigot because it allows me to understand that I'm, I'm speaking the truth because that's what that term means now. If, I'm, if someone calls someone transphobic, it means that they have no other argument against them, um, and that's what they refer to. Riley Gaines in studio with us across the Outkick Network. So... Um, You've, you've told me before, like your, your coaches at Kentucky were awesome in regards yeah. to this, in response to this. Why don't we hear more from the coaching aspect of this, like your coaches would have done and have done? Right. I've seen screenshots, and I swear I have them, of what the NCAA has said to coaches, emails that have been sent out. Um, I actually got an email from one of the host reps at the Georgia Tech meet, or at Georgia Tech, which that's where our NCAA championships were last year specifically highlighting if they were to speak out in opposition of that meet being hosted there, then they would face retaliation. They would face consequences. So these coaches, um, they're even terrified. Last year, I was nominated for NCAA Woman of the Year, to which Leah Thomas was as well. Um, but I went to this big conference where they were announcing their winner, and I bought a booth inside the convention center where I was able to hand out pamphlets and different things, little bracelets explaining the benefits of Title IX. And every single athletic director who walked by, every single one, hey, keep doing what you're doing. And the first 60 or so, I was like humbled and just honored. I was like, this is great. They're all on our, on our side. But after those first 60, it just turned into this feeling of frustration. Because if we're all, all on the same page, what, where's the discrepancy? Why are we catering to the minority if we all can agree here? Even the president of the NCAA, um, the former president, Mark Emmert, who doubled down on his stance publicly of allowing Leah to swim because he claimed it's based in evolving science, um, privately, he comes up and says, keep doing what you're doing, keep fighting, which shows the lack of leadership, the lack of authenticity, and the lack of a spine. These, these organizations like the NCAA, like ESPN, like Hershey's, Tampax, I mean, I could, the list goes on, um, the lack of a spine they have. And then is this it goes in line with the uh, the medal of the trophy, right? Like you tied, but they gave her, they gave mm -hmm. Leah the the trophy that day, right? Instead of you, you yours was shipped to you in the mail, right? And when asked, you know, why, they said Leah has to have it for photos. Oh my! So gosh. they reduced everything I'd worked my entire life for, not just myself, every female at that meet. This is the fastest meet in the world. Yeah. Everything we'd worked our entire lives for, eighteen years. 
they reduced that down to a photo op to validate the feelings of a male. And that's really what thrusted me over the edge of, of understanding. Of course, I understood before the unfair competition was wrong and the locker room was wrong. But when they did that, that's when I was no longer willing to be silent. That's when um, I really saw what was at stake when I was presented with that directly and they said those words. Yeah, that's when I had had enough. Even, so even after the locker room where you were uncomfortable, others were uncomfortable, you had been following Leah because you saw the, the, the times, right? And you were asking your coach at the time, like, who is this uh, pin swimmer? Uh, even after all that, you wouldn't have done anything had it not been for that behind-the-scenes conversation. You know, I don't know. I, of course, I would like to say yes, but it would have been really easy for me to just ride off into the sunset with my husband and going to dental school. And I scored in the top percentile in the DAT, which is the dental admissions test. And so I was geared up and ready for the next stage of life. Um, and so it's sad to think it, it kind of, it looking back, it's sad to think it takes something like that to encourage someone to take such a common sense approach. Um, and I would love to say I would have stuck up for myself but I don't know, which is scary. I think that shows the state that we're at. I've always been someone who's a leader. I was team captain at the University mm -hmm. of Kentucky. I've always been someone who's unfaltering in my views. But I just don't know if I would have felt the need to take it public. But, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad I did, especially seeing how the trend has continued. Where do you think the entitlement comes from with this? And it's, I mean, I, I know that we could look at any quote from Leah Thomas and, and see the entitlement there. But it, it's being allowed. Entitlement is a perfect word. I think what this really boils down to, and I, I don't quite understand this, is I think everyone wants to be a victim. Everyone wants to be oppressed. There's this, um, this appeal to being marginalized for some reason. And I think that's what this is. In regards to the trans movement, what we've seen a lot of is white men transitioning to women. Um, and if you think about it, and this has required a lot of, I've been, <laughs> the past year my wheels have not stopped turning. But it's white men, typically, who are transitioning. And if you think about it, white men have never been a group who are marginalized or oppressed or victims of anything. And so it's a way for them to have less accountability and less responsibility, which is what everyone seems to be going towards. People don't want to be held accountable. They don't want to have responsibility. They would rather be a victim. And I think that's what this entitlement, it comes from. And so again, outsider looking in, how can someone like Leah Thomas actually be proud of themselves? for taking away opportunities, for making girls feel uncomfortable in the locker room, for becoming this national champion, when in reality, anyone with a brain and a, a fifth grade understanding of biology knows that Leah Thomas is not the fastest woman in the nation, um, yet Thomas still prides himself in that. Well, and also, um, you know, the, the playing the victim. I mean, we are, what, a year or two removed from the 50th anniversary of Title IX, and ESPN is pushing all of that coverage they're doing special programs based <laughs> on this uh and at the same time turning around and honoring leah thomas at the espies uh where they're laying off you know plenty of people that work for the company but yet throwing a, an award show and a party which uh, is in part on behalf of leah thomas because they want people to tune in and listen it makes no sense to me that they're championing one thing and then also turning around and doing the opposite no um, the NCAA constantly, even last year at our NCAA championships where we had Leah competing with the women, they're passing out shirts that, that say equity. 
And I just want to slap them across the face with the dictionary because they clearly don't understand the definition of what equity means. Or, I mean, they do, but they just don't care. Um, and that's exactly what we're seeing by ESPN. So many organizations. Um, Women's History Month, they're honoring men. It's I don't understand how they can't see the double standard, the hypocrisy behind what they're doing. And again, I think they do see the hypocrisy. They just would rather ignore it. They would rather lie. How, feel, oh, go ahead. I was, I was just saying, how bad do you believe it can get? I know we can look at it from individual uh, circumstances, you know, more injuries or more uh, records getting lost. But just as a whole, when you right. look at all of, you know, how, how far it's come in such a short amount of time, even right. in the past year, how bad can it get? I think take away the fairness in, in the sports piece and look at it from a bigger picture in terms of the the silencing, in terms of the denying objective truth, in terms of the changing of the language we're using. They have they deem words like mother and breastfeeding and all of those sex-based terms, those are now offensive. And so looking at it from that perspective, it's already really bad. Um, again, I'm not someone who necessarily studied history. That was not my degree by any means. Yet anyone can open a history book and see this is Marxism, what's happening. And they can see how that turns out for societies and cultures. And so that's the direction we are going. So it's a lot bigger than women's sports. Um, look at what's happening in prisons. You have men who are convicted of awful, heinous things such as child pornography, kidnapping, rape, who now realize all you have to do to be a woman is say, I am a woman, which typically you get lesser charges. You get to be housed with women, which sounds awesome to a rapist. And they're getting in these women's prisons and they're raping these women and they're impregnating them. It's happened in Kansas, New Jersey, Ohio, and California in recent weeks. There's been over 1,300 men apply to be women um, to get into women's prisons. And so that's the bigger picture. That's how bad it can be or how bad it can get. It's really the systemic erasure of sex and sex-based terms and, and blurring the line of gender. And it's really scary. Um, yeah, it's, there's a lot going on here. And again, this is the direction that we are actively going. We are actively choosing to decline. Riley, when did you overcome, or maybe you haven't, the, the fear of going public with this? <laughs> you arrived by yourself today to our studio. <laughs> I did, right? You don't have some and security personnel with you? Yeah, I mean, how did you get past that aspect of what you're doing individually? People call me brave all the time. They say, you know, you're so brave, you're so courageous, but I don't, I don't feel brave, I don't feel courageous for doing what I'm doing. And so it really wasn't until the last week when I kept thinking about this, you know, why don't I feel brave? Why don't I feel like I'm doing something that's honorable? And it really hit me, um, again, this was only within the last two weeks, that the people calling me brave were just scared of different things. What they're scared of is being labeled all of the terms, transphobic, homophobic, racist, the list goes on. But that doesn't scare me. What's scarier to me is what the position I would take if I didn't speak up. Um, again, the denying of truth, um, that's when you know we've reached a point in society where there's no coming back. When you deny the sheer essence of humanity, um, I hate to break it to you, everyone listening to this, everyone in this room, we are here from a man and a woman. There is no other alternative. And they're asking us to deny that, to lie about that. And so that's what scares me. Not fighting for my little sister, who's the Tennessee state champion in gymnastics. Um, I just got married and I can only hope I get to have a daughter one day. Not fighting for her. 
um, that's that's scarier to the me to me than what would happen if I didn't use my voice. Yeah, it is really astonishing how many people, like you said, even will secretly come up to you and right. praise you. And the same has been for me in the past few weeks. And it and it's just baffling because how can you sit by so idly and watch all of this horrible stuff happen? And it's snowballing. It's getting worse day by day. You just mentioned so many examples of it. It just does not make sense how people can go to sleep at night with a clear conscience, knowing that they're becoming part of the problem. Right. And that's, I think my message, especially to parents, is parents have to be willing to defend their daughters, um, coaches, medical professionals, um, whatever that looks like. We have to be willing to stick up for them. Um, at our NCAA championships, I was 21 last year, so I was, I was an adult. I was old enough to defend myself, which I have done. But it still felt in a sense that the people who were supposed to be protecting us just simply weren't. Um, teaching your son's masculinity. I, I know we talk a lot about girls, of course, and women, but this applies to men too. We need men to be willing to stick up for their daughters. Um, masculinity, that seems to be a thing that is dwindling also by the day. And it's crucial. I think um, there's a saying, what is it? Hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create Weak men, weak men create hard times. It's a cycle. And I think we're in the portion now where it's um, good times create weak men. And so now we're in weak men create hard times. Um, so I, I tend to see this kind of going through. And so we need to create strong men again. What's next on the schedule for you? And, and by that, like, do you, are you able to get in touch with Charlie Baker, the new NCAA president, unlike Mark Emmert, and actually sit down with him? That has been something I have actively been trying to do for months. I have sent letters, I have sent emails, I have made public statements asking to please have a sit-down meeting, to which, of course, no response. Um, very similar to what we dealt with all last year to when I did the exact same thing to President Mark Emmert. Um, but that's definitely on my radar. That's something I would love to do. Um, I welcome that, I really do. But what's next for me? It's continuing to get in front of state legislature, continuing to even at the federal level, protect Title IX, the, the comment section closes May 15th for the proposed Title IX regulations, which are abysmal. Um, it's, it's worse than even self-ID policy, and so I encourage all of the listeners to go and, go and comment on that. Um, so yeah, just continuing doing what I've been doing. This, this issue, it's nowhere near being won, um, and I'm going to continue fighting every step of the way. Follow Riley on social at Riley underscore Gaines underscore. I think that's still the one. It hasn't been deleted <laughs> Has or canceled, right? Has not been right? deleted again. Yeah, they haven't taken you off. So, yeah, at Riley underscore Gaines underscore uh, Independent Women's Forum Sportswoman. And uh, just uh, great to have you back yeah, in the studio. Yeah, and thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for everything that you've said and done. Well, I appreciate you both, really. So, thank you. Hope you have you uh, in soon. Uh, yes, again, in I know it. Coming up, we'll uh, wrap up what's been a very fast-paced show. Yeah, very. Uh, that's, that's next on Hot Mike. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com.
Been a fast show, Thursday edition. Sixth and Peabody, our location daily here in Music City, but our location online, outkick.com, and also on YouTube. We hope you subscribe to the channel. Just search out Outkick if you haven't already. You can catch this show on demand live daily, 3 o'clock Eastern, but all the shows that are on the Outkick network and happen here and elsewhere. Sixth and Peabody with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Charlie, what do you think of day one filling in? I can't believe how fast it went. I, just, I, I, you know, I kept looking at my phone to check the time and I'm like, wait a second, we just had 30 more minutes. It felt like two seconds had gone by. So I guess that's a testament to uh, what it's like working with you and, you know, all the stuff hey, that we've covered. It's, you know, it's, it's stuff that needs to be talked about. And here we are doing our thing. Fast paced. Uh, I don't deserve that compliment. Uh, I think that. Well, I, you're a new up. coworker of mine. I okay. have to give you that compliment. A, f- a few weeks from now, so, I'm, don't expect them. Okay. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I, Chad will say the same thing. Yeah, it, we, that means it's. I have uh, to suck up to you right now, right? That means right? it's legit. No, absolutely not. I suck up to the crew, though. It's the crew that, that totally put it all joking. together. I know. Yeah. But uh, so tomorrow, we've got uh, another jam-packed show to get you into the weekend. Um, tonight... You don't have to say the restaurant, but you're going filet. I'm I'm definitely going filet. I am the biggest carnivore in the world. Uh, to all of our, I hope there's not many of our listeners who are vegan, but uh, so I would Rogan, strongly I would strongly encourage you to not be if you are, <laughs> uh, because I am I'm all about all of the things they preach now. Don't do. I love gluten. I love meat. I love dairy. I grew up on a farm, a uh, cattle farm. Okay. Um, so yes, uh, I would not be able to go home. Uh, and face my parents no. if I were vegan. No. And you know what I just recently got on board with? Raw milk. It's delicious. I don't know if I could do that. Oh, my. No, it's it's actually amazing, and it's very good for you. So <laughs> next time I come in, I'm going to bring some raw milk in studio. We'll have a cow We'll here. have a little uh, You little will milk the testing. cow tomorrow. And, uh, <laughs> this is we'll... true. Let's <laughs> we'll bring the cow on in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Back at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern daily for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Charlie rejoins me tomorrow as well. We'll get you to the weekend with a fast three hours right here across the Outkick Network.